Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. You're going to hear a lot of commotion in the background as we are at the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic. And bulls are selling and for some really good numbers right now. And uh, this is uh, all the bulls that have been at this show have been selling today. So you're going to hear Matt in the background doing his auctioneering. Unfortunately, as we look at the uh, livestock and the grain side, first off on these grains, definitely some lower numbers seen within the market trade today. We are going to get all the dirt from Jeff Peterson with Heartland Farm Partners, who's actually sitting next to me here at the show. Let's talk about what you see as some of the uh, biggest drivers for this market. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now, Susan, but, you know, overall, I think the big picture is that right now the funds are still short, and they're short on the corn, and they're short on the soybean side. They are long on the wheat side, but that's kind of giving us overall feeling right now, and, and really what else is going on right now is everybody's just waiting for China, so we've had that phase one trade deal, and we're going to talk more about that, but everybody's just waiting for that buying to come in, and we've got all that going on, and then plus, we also got to talk some about the Outlook meeting and what's going on from there so we have a lot of things to go through right now let's start out with that outlook meeting what are you hearing and what's being said well, as we heard some of the comments this morning from the chief economist, um, what we do know is that so far are the acres, and that's 94 million acres. That's down about a half million from the baseline numbers that came out um, earlier. But what we do know is that also on soybeans, they did raise up from the 84 million in the baseline. They brought that up to 85 million acres on soybeans, kept wheat unchanged at 45 million but acres. But we haven't heard any yields. We'll know. We'll see. Actually, the balance sheets will come out tomorrow. Um, hopefully, tomorrow morning we should see those. There's a chance we see them late this afternoon. But what we have to remember that all these numbers are based off of models. None of this information is based off of farmer surveys. So as we move forward in time, that'll tell us more about what the actual numbers are. So we're going to see some differences when it comes to opinions. You know what? As we take a look out there this year, Susan, and I've been doing this since uh, 1992, I don't think I've ever seen a year where we've had a, a wider difference of opinions in regard to what the markets are going to do and why they're going to do it. And, I, and as I sit back and think about some of the reasons why that is, I, I think what it is is that there's something in this market for everybody. And I think that's what makes it that this year is probably one of the hardest years we've had in making marketing decisions. And to me personally, since I've been in the business, because if you want to focus on the wetness up in the Dakotas and what that could mean to prevent plant acres, you can do that. If you want to think that China could come in and buy a bunch, or you don't think they're going to buy a bunch, that's going to impact your opinion there. So you've got all those different conflicting forces, and then you've got the unknown as we come into the end of March with the planning intentions report. One of the things that we have there is are the people in the areas that have prevent plant, are they going to say, oh, you know what, I'm not going to plant much? Or, or are we going to see everybody else say, you know what, I can't make any money on soybeans, so I'm going to end up planting a lot more corn. So those are all kind of the things that's given us such big differences in opinion among the analysts this year. So I'm curious. We saw 2019 is definitely a weather-related market. Is that trend going to continue into 2020? Well, you know, if you're sitting there and looking at it, I'd say it's too early to tell. As we look at some of the long lead forecasts, and we'll get another update here soon from NOAA, but as we look at those, there is some wetness. It looks like it could be in the northern plains and also dip over in parts of maybe through Iowa, but it's too early to see how wet that's going to be. 
History would tell us we probably don't repeat this severe on those wet conditions. What I think the setup on this weather is in such a way that I don't think we're going to see the wetness in the eastern Corn Belt. So I think our real wetness and the prevent plan is going to come in ultimately through the northern plains. So that's where we're going to have to watch the prevent plant. Uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, those are going to be the big areas. We always got to keep an eye on Missouri and also Arkansas because those can come in too. But the Northern Plains is going to be the big focus. Things to think about. Phase one, we're almost a week into this, and we all know that coronavirus continues to raise its ugly head. So not a lot of information coming out of China in communication-wise. No, there isn't, you know, and, and, I, and I really feel for everybody, and my, my thoughts and prayers go out to everybody who's been impacted by the coronavirus. We know that the case count is up over 75,000. The death toll is a little bit over 2,000 now. But I think the bigger thing that comes from the coronavirus is that all the potential revenue that's been lost trying to control it. And you've seen a lot of shutdowns in a lot of different industries. And as a result of that, what that's caused has caused uh, maybe some of the supply chains to be impacted. So as a result of that, that may even cause some slowdown here in the U.S. But as we come back into the phase one trade deal, a few things we've got to think about. The one-month implementation period ended this last weekend, okay? Um, however, with the coronavirus, there has been some talk that China may want to talk about maybe not being able to make the purchases. There have been conflicting stories on that. Some are saying they're going to go ahead and do it full speed ahead. Others saying there's a little concern they may not be able to, to make those type of estimates. But I think the other thing we have to think about is that um, China is actually taking some steps forward now to maybe open up the door to some purchases, but we haven't seen anything yet. And, and the first step with that is to say that by March 2nd, these um, individual companies can... Go ahead and submit an application to get tariff exemptions for up to one year on some of the key ag products as they come in. So I think that's going to be important for us to watch. Well, and I've also read some stories that they're turning vessels away because there's nobody there to help unload. Well, and I think that's a lot of the problem, too. If you look internally within the country, their logistics is just all jammed up right now because they don't end up having enough people to go ahead and cover all these different areas. And, that's, and that is causing a real bottleneck for them. Definitely make things interesting. When we come back, folks, stick around. We've got a lot more coming up, of course, as the auction continues behind us at the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classic. We're going to look, take a look at the ethanol industry. What is going on there? And how about a market focus? What do you think it is we move forward as well? Now, we know that spring planting is already underway to the south. A lot more is coming up. I'm at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds in Kearney, Nebraska. It is the now Final Bow right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back now to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. You can hear the auctioneering continuing in the background. Of course, we are at the Nebraska Cattlemen's Classics taking place at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds. And taking place right now is the bull sales for today. And Jeff Peterson continues to join us with Heartland Farm Partners. We kind of left off at the commercial break uh, because of time. We didn't get to finish talking about phase one and the updates. What else are you hearing in regards to that phase one? Well, on the phase one, one of the other things that we, had, that we were talking about was that tariff exemption. And, you know, that covers about 969 different products. But probably the biggest focus and thing that everybody on the ag side is looking 
looking at is that, you know, what does that mean in regard to ethanol and pork and beans and, you know, cattle and all those things. So it opens up the door there. And, and actually, those imports can happen pretty fast, Susan. So how this would work is a company can go ahead and submit their application. If China goes ahead and proves, it, uh, proves that, they can actually go ahead and start the import process, you know, right away. And what some are thinking is that that may actually have some people thinking, hey, China is going to approve a lot of these. Let's go out and get this stuff bought already. So as soon as we get the approval, we can go ahead and come in and get the product moving. Now, as a matter of fact, we are hearing there was a little bit of grain sorghum bought. So that might have been part of that whole process. There's also rumors out there that they're out there checking prices on, on pork. They're checking prices on some distillers, some ethanol, some soybeans. So that process is moving along. There's also some things to think about is that part of the phase one trade deal, there's going to be great enforcement on what was called the TRQs, the trade rate quotas. And that comes out of the WTO agreements from, from back in the early 2000s. But what's important about that is there's still about 2.9 million metric tons of corn demand that needs to come in yet. Now, if that actually came right now, we're actually sitting there as probably some of the cheapest corn. So we might have a shot at that. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But the other part of that gets to be how feasible is it for them to go ahead in 2020 to get the 36.6 billion and we went through and took a look at some numbers and part of our research was based off of what JCI you've heard a lot of people talk about the JCI numbers and so we used them as a base but what we took away from that is that if there's any chance that there's going to be 36.6 billion dollars in imports a lot of that is going to have to come from soybeans as a matter of fact about 40.5 million metric tons is going to have to come from soybeans now the most we've ever shipped them in a crop year crop year runs from september 1st to august 31st is just a little bit over 36 million and that happened back in 2016 the most we've ever shipped them on a calendar basis is about 33 million metric tons but some of our concern, we wanted to dig in and say, how easy a task is this? Well, we went back and looked back to 2016 and said, how do these two years compare? How does it compare now to back then? Unfortunately, what it looks like is that South America, across Brazil, Argentina, and Paraguay, they're producing about 5 million metric tons more than they did back then. We took a look at the demand, the import demand for China import demand for China is down about 5 million metric tons. So that's 10 million metric tons in there that's basically taken away where you think about it that's going to be that much harder for us to import. Then we're talking about having to come in this last year we only sent them 14 million metric tons. So we got to go from 14 all the way to 40.5. That's going to be a big task and I'm afraid that as we move down the road, the market's going to get kind of nervous. And when the market gets nervous that these numbers aren't being hit, I think we could see some pressure put on this market because of it. So how much pressure is our current dollar going to add to that? Yeah, that's a great point because what we're seeing right now is our dollars continuing to strengthen, but the Brazilian real went in and set a new low. You know, it's down there at about 4.38 reals per dollar. And in addition, the Argentine peso is getting close to setting some new lows. So it's making it that much harder for us to be competitive on the soybeans. A positive note, though, on that, Susan, as we look out in the deferred months to see where are we getting competitive, once we get out to about last half July, the offer's coming 
coming out of the U.S. Gulf are starting to get competitive with the offers coming out of South America. But the problem right now, depending on what source you look at, because of a combination of the dollar strength and ultimately the fact that South America is in harvest, there's anywhere from 25 cents to 50 cent difference in price, meaning that much they're that much cheaper than us. Do we have a bright spot happening in the ethanol industry? Well, so as we take a look at ethanol, um, you know, that's a market that I've got some concerns about. And, and there's a couple concerns that I have. Uh, the numbers that we got this week actually came in and showed that we we're actually up about six-tenths of a percent compared to a year ago. Okay? Um, and, and in addition, I think that going forward, we might be able to pick up that pace just a little bit. But what I'm concerned about is as we get to a little bit warmer temps, I think it's going to be easier for some of these plants to go into some shutdown. So we're going to have to watch that ethanol industry very, very close. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Have them give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. Thanks so much, Jeff Peterson, joining us here at the Cattleman's Classic. Reminding your commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers. Pick it up as a podcast at our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.